Welcome to Sean Matthews Podcast. Joe, you got some lyrics for us? Sure do. How I wish you could see the potential, the potential of you and me. It's like a book elegantly bound, but in a language that you can't read just yet. You got to spend some time, love. You got to spend some time with me. And I know that you'll find love. I will possess your heart. Uh, that's a song called I Will Possess Your Heart by Death Cab for Cutie from the 2008 album Narrow Stairs. Um, and Joe, what were you thinking when you chose those? Well, you know, we talk all the time about jumping around and being eclectic and and because that's important. Uh, and if you're going to walk it, if you're going to talk it, you better walk it. So I decided to walk a little bit and get out of classic rock and get up somewhere around circa 2010. And um, I heard these guys on a late night show way back when. Uh, and I made a playlist of it's called Circa 2010, just pop rock Circa 2010 stuff I like from that era, the Mountaineers to to these guys to uh, foster the people, all kind of stuff, right? But I remembered this song. What I remembered about it was first of all, even without, even if it's just instrumental, they start out. As a matter of fact, there's a there's something online, HD rock or something like that. Uh, YouTube HD Rock Live or something like that has a real good live version of it. Of it, um, but they start out with a few minutes of just the instrumental, and it's just kind of it's hypnotic almost. It's really well put together. But the reason why, the actual reason why, after I listened to the song and and, and looked into it a little deeper, you and I started this because we really love the lyrics and words of music go together. Like Eddie and the cruisers tells us, you know, words of music, words of music, but the words too. I remember, I, I think one of the first things we did was we dissected Aerosmith's, um, you know, live and learn from fools and from sages and all how that was constructed verbally. Uh, and I just, there's nothing that gets me more worked up than writing like this. I mean, like a book elegantly bound, but in a language you can't read just yet. And that, that, that there is, is just in and of itself is really, really cool. Um, some folks, I mean, one of the negative, uh, one of the negative drawbacks, some people say, well, that song's really, it's like, it's weird. It's eerie. He's talking about stalking her. And it's not, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, and even if it were about that, Sean, I mean, should I say I'm not going to watch uh, any of the Scream movies or any of the Halloween movies or the Exorcist movies because there were bad things being done in the, no, it's art. It's hard. I don't. I don't like Jason. You know. I don't like Michael Myers. I don't. I don't. I'm not agree with what they're doing. But it's a neat piece of art. So even if this were worst case scenario about somebody that was stalking, or I choose to think of it as a fellow that's really, that's really just so super shy. Uh, and, and maybe it's me just 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 rationalizing. But um, when I when I look at this fellow here, he's just got this crush on this this female and and. Uh, the next verse talks about he's working, he's walking by her window and he sees this reflection as he slowly passes. I don't even have it in front of me, but that's well put together too. Um, but then he's talking later on about you reject my advances. I can't let you do that so easily. And what advances walking by her window and looking in? I mean, that could be how shy he really is that this poor joker thinks that that those, that was an advance. So maybe he can't let it go so easily. Maybe he's going to work up the nerve to maybe next week, say hello to her and knock on her door and say hi that kind of a thing i mean it's it's always open to interpretation there's nothing in his lyrics that um that uh, suggest uh, any anyone's in danger or anything like that the song won all kinds of awards going up and down the dial it's different these guys are talented it's really really cool but um to put it in a nutshell sean the words, the way it's constructed, there's writing. And then this is some of the best writing that I've come across. And we've been doing this for a minute. Um, this is some of the best writing I've come across since that, you know, you know, all these lines in my face getting clearer and so forth. That, I mean, that, that's, that's really, that's sensational too. But this is right up there with it. It's that, that just really, you know, um, striking the words. So that's why I did. And the music itself, the music itself is really, really good. It's really, really good. So that's why. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you got me thinking because I, I have some Death Cab for Cutie songs on my playlist. Um, my when I first heard about them, I think it was around 2004. My girlfriend at the time uh, really liked them, um, so they had some good songs. You know what I mean? I like the songs uh, "Soul Meets Body," mm-hmm. "The Sound of Settling," "I Will Follow You Into the Dark." Um, those are the ones that I like. This one I listened to today just to try to because I've heard it before, but I had to like you know just listen to it again the, before the show and. I don't know. There's like instrumental for like the first four minutes. Um, and then he starts talking. Um, yeah, it's all right. Not a bad song. I get the lyrics, you know, every, I guess they hit you and you want to choose them. That's fine. Um, yeah, they're not bad. They're not a bad band. I just haven't really, uh, you know, listened to right. them that, that much over the past couple of years. But yeah, they're, they're your lyrics. Um, solid song, man. Oh, it's more than solid. It's it. Like I said, this this rivals this rivals uh, the Aerosmith song. Uh, this, this really does. This this rivals that quality of writing. Uh, I don't. Um, I mean, Death Cab for Cutie is okay, but Aerosmith is a different planet, dude. I'm not. I'm not talking about the level of the success of the band. I'm talking about the writing within this song, the prose. Yeah. And the prose in this song uh, is really, really well thought out. And I mean, it's it's pretty much poetry. And so was you know, live and learn from fools and from sages. So I'm not comparing the two bands. Absolutely not. And their success and so forth. What I'm comparing is, is going right down to the micro level and talking about isolating the words and the writing here is what really attracted me. And it would, I, the only thing I can really, it's so good. The only thing I can really compare it to is that Aerosmith song. And that is legendary. So thank you for making a point for me. What yeah. else we got? Um, so did you see that uh, T-Mobile acquired Mint Mobile for $1.3 billion, $1.35 billion? I did not. Um, the only reason I bring that up is because Mint Mobile was a company that's kind of one of the founders, Ryan Reynolds, um, the famous movie actor. And uh, this guy sold a tequila company, I think a couple of years ago for like, he his piece of it was like $600 million. And now with this Mint Mobile, he's got another like $300 million. Like this guy's an actor, but he keeps having these like, home run business ventures on the side. It's crazy. I mean, um, a lot of respect for that. Cause you know, a lot of these actors are just focused on their acting and then they have agents and people tell them what to do. Right. He's obviously got some people in his ear telling him about wise investments. Um, and then these two hit out, you know, hit, hit them out of the park pretty much. Cause mint mobile, to my understanding, was just like a cheap mobile network uh, for people, you know, don't want to pay as much for Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile so they get on the same network, they use the same cell towers, but they're paying significantly less. And I'm sure the customer service and a lot of other things, probably not the highest quality as like Verizon and those other big companies, but um, they had a large enough audience and people using it to the point where T-Mobile wanted to acquire them. Um, so I thought that was interesting. $1.35 billion for this you know, cell phone network. I didn't look too much into it, but um, just my initial thing is, wow, what a, what a business move by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, the only thing I get to think of is, I mean, I've been a Verizon guy for the longest time. I think about moving from time to time to somewhere else, but I hear people telling horror stories about Sprint and about some of these other places that, that you know, you go out into the middle of the wilderness and you, you got bars. I mean, you're in the middle of Center City somewhere and you can't get any. It's just, it's sometimes it's like counterintuitive of what you would think it would be and, and you all kind of, pro- I don't have any, pro- I don't have any problems with, uh, never had any problems with Verizon. So I don't know but I'd, yeah. I'd like something cheaper. It'd be nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought about it when I was transitioning um, to another cell phone service off my parents' account, I was deciding, I was like, do I go with AT&T? Cause where I work, Verizon gets like no service. I can't get any service where I work. It's the most frustrating thing ever. I have to use the Wi-Fi at work, but then the Wi-Fi blocks you from like gambling and streaming some sports. Um, so that's kind of annoying, but uh, yeah, I've had some trouble with Verizon, but I've had Verizon pretty much my whole life, so I'm just sticking with yeah. it for now. But um, the thing I was just fascinated with, Mint Mobile is one of these companies that like they just cropped up like a lot of these little companies and they charge you like less than like, you know, over 50% less than what you're paying for these big networks. And you're using the, the identical cell towers um, and you're paying like, you know, not that much compared to what you pay with those big networks. So I think it just gets a little bit, I think it gets a little bit like, um, uh, interesting when you actually buy your cell phone, like when you go to get like your iPhone or your, your Android, I think there's better deals from the big network providers. Like if you just go to Mint Mobile and like just join for like 30 bucks a month or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to buying your phone, 
I got to look into it, but I don't think they have as good deals on actually buying the hardware. But anyway, I just wanted to bring it up quickly because I thought it was just a good business move by Ryan Reynolds. The guy, you know, over a billion dollars between two side ventures is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I wanted to talk about a movie that I saw called Inside. Um, it was with William Defoe. Um, I've been seeing the previews for a while. Um, honestly, it was it was okay. Nothing special. I give it like a 5.7. It was a unique concept, basically an art uh, thief breaks into like this this high-rise Manhattan apartment, a penthouse apartment, there's some rich guy, and he gets stuck in the penthouse. And the whole movie is him. He, I guess he has no communication with the outside. He doesn't have a cell phone with him or something. Like the whole thing to me was like, why doesn't this guy have a cell phone? Um, but he didn't have a cell phone apparently. Um, and he was stuck in this apartment the whole time. And it was like, like it, the heat was on, but you know, the heat wouldn't turn off. He couldn't turn the heat off. It was up to like 90 degrees inside the apartment. And he's just trying to figure out how to get out of there. And he starts losing his mind very slowly. And all you do is watch for about two hours. This guy in this pen- penthouse apartment in New York city and him just trying to like contract, like build things, try to get out, try to break glass, try to do anything he can to like get out to try to alert the, the maid. Cause you could see the videos in the hallway of people cleaning and stuff. So you can see like the maid and he can't get, he can't get her attention. It doesn't matter how hard he bangs in the door. It's like this thick wood door. He can't get their attention. He can't get out. Um, I don't know. thought it was okay. I thought it should have been better than it was. The ending was a lot to be desired for me. Um, yeah. I don't know. 5.7 for me, not the strongest, but that was the one I saw this week. Uh, the reason I didn't see the other one Shazam yet is because Thursday I went to the Killers concert in Atlantic City. Saturday, I went to Bruce Springsteen uh, at Penn State. And then last night, Sunday night, I saw Muse in Philadelphia. So um, I had a nice little run of concerts since Thursday. And uh, every concert I went to, amazing, um, unique experience. I'll just give you a little story of what happened at uh, mm-hmm. the Killers were playing Thursday night at Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, well, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. And when you get there, if you sign up for a new player's card, they give you $20 free. They give you a player's card. And there's, they give you a thing for $20. So you go to the thing, you get your $20 credit. I chose to use it on the tables instead of the uh, the slots. I don't want to just sit around doing slots. Um, I was kind of mad didn't have Texas Hold'em poker. But I couldn't just sit down and play versus other people in poker because that's like that's where I have the best chance of winning because I'm playing against other people. I'm not just playing against the house. It's not just luck. So I found a table, but it was $25 minimum. So I had to pay an extra $5. And then I wanted to bet, I did roulette. I wanted to bet um, on red. Or I wanted to bet on black. And I was like, hey, I'll just put the 25 on black. And she's like, no, you only you only could choose red or evens. I'm like, oh, okay. So it threw me off. I'm like, damn, like this sucks. I can't choose what I want. It's still gambling. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get it right or wrong, but I still want the choice. Like, why can't they let me choose um the color I want? There's only two colors. So I chose red begrudgingly, and then sure enough, it lands on black. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I would have won if I got to choose what I wanted to choose, but I didn't win that. But then just like 10 minutes later, I'm at, I'm at this place called White House Subs. Joe, have you ever heard of White House Subs? The southern, the famous in Southern Jersey and AC, White House Subs? I have, yeah. So they're been, super famous. Yeah. They have a location inside Hard Rock and AC. I'm standing on a line. I get to the front of the line. And the lady in front of me, the guy in front of me is at the, the register and the, the cashier. She's like, hey, you have X amount of credit from like, you know, he actually gambled a lot there. So they gave him credit to use, but you could only use it that day or something like that. She's like, do you want to like buy this gentleman his food? Because I guess he had to spend it in that one transaction. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this nice gentleman, he's like, sure. So I got a free Italian sub from White House Subs right after like losing that, you know, quote unquote bet. I lost five bucks, but I was still, you know, I was mad because I wanted to choose my color and everything. But anyway, the gentleman bought me the sub with his credit. We had a short conversation while waiting for the sub. Turns out he's from uh, Northern Jersey and really nice guy. He was actually not, he wasn't even there for the Killers concert. He was there to uh, to gamble on the NCAA tournament. He was just there to, you know, use the sports book there, watch the games, hang out with his friends, gamble a little bit. Um, so that was cool that happened. Um, and as far as the Killers concert goes, the Killers is amazing. I've been chasing the song called The Man for the longest time. Well, the longest time in the sense that I, I, just start, I started seeing them live last year. Um, I saw him three times last year and they didn't play the man once. Um, and they played the man on Thursday night. So I was very happy about that. They played another song. I haven't heard um, them play live called be still. I was very happy about that. Um, but then they went to, uh, they went to Connecticut the next day, um, at the Mohegan sun, uh, casino and they played a whole different set list. I'm like, damn, like, you know, 
they played Samstown to open up with, and I've been chasing Samstown. I haven't seen Samstown live yet. They played a couple others. They played a Fleetwood Mac cover, Go Your Own Way. It was St. Patrick's Day, so they honored Bono from U2. They played Brandon sang, Brandon Flowers, a singer of the Killers, sang Go Your Own Way. Or no, he sang um, The Streets of No Name by U2. So, you know, I had a good show, but I, I was like, damn, if I would have went to Connecticut the next day, I would have saw that. But anyway, I digress. I decided at the last second to go see Bruce Springsteen at Penn State. The tickets were not, you know, the, compared to the prices of Brooklyn, uh, Newark, Prudential Center, MSG, the same seat that I sat in right on the floor of the Bruce concert, I would have paid at least a thousand bucks for that seat. At Penn State, I paid a fraction of that. Well, the thing was I had to drive 3.5 hours each way. So um, I drove 3.5 hours. It wasn't a bad day. It wasn't, it wasn't raining or anything like that. And uh, it was fun. Bruce put on a hell of a show. The guy is 73 years old. He still played for over three hours. Um, phenomenal performer. He premiered for the first time on this tour. There's been like 16 shows so far, probably more. He hasn't played Hungry Heart yet. You know, Joe, you know Hungry Heart? Oh, yeah. So he played 1981 or 82, I think. Yeah, he played Hungry Heart. And that was amazing because he hadn't played it the whole tour. Um, he, still, he seems like he's in his 40s. He doesn't seem like he's 73. He's in such good shape. And, you know, it's expected that he plays over three hours, but he's still doing it. He doesn't have to. Because every other show that I'm seeing, I'm lucky if I'm there for about, the Killers played for about two hours. Uh, Muse played for about two hours. And then Bruce played for about three. But those are bands that I really like, you know, that I really like. So I, I, I can imagine that there's a lot of bands that I'm not a huge fan of. And they're giving their crowd maybe like an hour and a half at the most. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know, the bands that I see that I gravitated towards, they put on a show for you. And I don't want to ramble too much, too much about the concerts here, but Bruce was amazing. Killers was amazing. Those are my top two favorites of all time. The Killers, modern day, my lifetime favorite. Bruce, all-time favorite. And then Muse, another band which I love, um, they put on a phenomenal show in Philadelphia. They put on a phenomenal show. It was a, it was a, a true rock. I think they reached a more international audience because there's a lot of people in the crowd speaking different languages. Like people really like them from all over the world. Cause I've seen them perform live um, on video from like Rome, the Coliseum or something like that. They have a real big following, but they, they did a, you know, they did a great job. They play one of my favorite songs called uprising. Uh, they played undisclosed desires. It's another good song. They played a lot of real, just they, the set list was great. So all three concerts that I saw um, at least an A grade uh, I'm, I'm partial. Cause they're my, these were some of my favorite bands, but all in all, it was a good, it was a good four days where I saw three concerts in four days. It was fun. Uh, don't have no regrets about it. At the Killers concert, I met a couple of hardcore Killers fans who actually like they've been to over forty shows and like they're actually a couple now. And they met at a Killers show, so that was pretty cool. Um, so it's, yeah, you never know what's going to happen when you go to these concerts. You meet new people, uh, have a good time. Like I, I can't sing you know the praises of going to a concert more. Uh, I know Joe, we had this talk, but. Going to a concert is a special, special experience. Um, you're just like, wow, that, that was amazing. When you're there, it's amazing. You don't want it to end. And then when it ends, you have all those memories. So, you know, great concerts. Um, Joe, did you do anything uh, unique or interesting since the last Monday show? Unique, interesting? No, just enjoy life. Relax. You just know. relaxing? Yeah. So, Binge and Daisy, did you finish it yet? Um. I'm up to speed. I've got to take them one at a time now as they come on. I watched oh, the first. Okay, so it's not, yeah. they're not all released yet. No, no. Good, good, so good like, program. Like, so, like, the songs that they play, are the, are the actual songs that they play, like, the original music for the show, is the music actually decent? The music that this fictitious band does is their own, right? It's not, It's they don't, like, redo anything, you know. Any, yeah, that's any, what I'm saying. Like, is, is and it it's good. good it's good. It's pretty good. It really is. I mean, I, I, the reason I even found out about this, I was watching a talk show and I can't even remember what, who the host was of the talk show, but the host said, Hey, these songs that you're doing. And the, the lead singer was the guest on the talk show, the redhead. And she goes, these songs that you guys are doing, is there somewhere we can buy them or get them or does it? Cause they're really good. And she goes, yeah, a lot of people are asking about cause the songs that are doing are, are actually pretty good. So um, now when you're watching the program, of course, background music and here and there, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff from, um, from the, you know, from the seventies and, and the eighties and so forth. You're going to, you know, other people's original music, you're going to hear it. Um, and it's cool that they use that. But the, the, what these the, this band produces when they're on stage on for the sake of the show 
it may sound a little bit like Fleetwood Mac here or there. It may sound a little bit like this, but it's their own, it's their own music. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I'm definitely going to check out that show. I'm just catching up on, um, I finished the last of us. I thought the last of us was okay. Really hyped show. Uh, I thought it could be so much more though. Um, and then I'm watching the, the season of you, Y O U, uh, Netflix. I'm enjoying that. I'm almost done with that. I finished uh, the House of Dragon on HBO. I really enjoyed that. Um, I can't wait for the next season. Like House of Dragon is legit. If you like Game of Thrones, this is even better in my opinion. Not into all that fairy tale stuff. Just never was. Yeah, Game but of- I feel like you haven't given it. A, like if you watch Game of Thrones, you might be like, "Whoa, this is like different level of." Like- oh, I did try. I think I got three episodes in, and I figured, "Oh, come on, for Christ, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, come on." We have for I, 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 I did. I, I did. I tried because I wanted to, this was about a decade ago or however it was, but everyone was talking about this show and I figured, let me at least give it a try. It's not down my alley. Let me just give it a try. I think I got three or four episodes in and I thought, get the hell out of here. I can't. It's not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Oh, for, I just wanted to talk about the concerts real quick. Um, concert etiquette. So I was on the floor for the killers. Uh, I was on the floor for all of them. I was in an actual seat for the Bruce concert. So I wasn't in like the pit for Bruce, but I was on the mm-hmm. floor. I had really close to the stage, but for the killers, um, all the fans are very cordial. They give you enough space to stand the dance and stuff like that. But then at Muse last night, there was a couple there um, and they were just like dancing, having a great time, but they had no awareness of their surroundings like literally no awareness. They were just like dancing and like, they thought like that, they thought they had like 30 feet to just dance around and like to not worry about bumping into people. So I'm standing there. I have anxiety. I'm like, these people are going to run to me. I'm standing near them, but I kept moving farther and farther away, but I still wanted to see the stage. And I still, cause there's like tall people in front of you. Sometimes you have to maneuver not to be behind someone's tall, the tall person. Anyway, the couple last night, they were just dancing. I, sure enough, the guy ran to me. Then he, he had no, he was like, Oh, I'm sorry about that. But um, he ran to me, just dancing. They weren't even thinking about the surroundings. So please, if you go to concerts, especially if you're on the floor, general admission, where you're right in front of the stage, you got a lot of room to dance and, you know, congregate with all your fans, all your people together, you know, just be aware of like you're dancing and bumping into people and stepping on people's feet. Because this is like, they were like, you know, this. They, I don't know if they, there was another guy. I thought the guy was high on like acid or like. That's probably what the, these, or, these folks were. Tuned up. Crack. Yeah, like there's some people who like definitely pop some pills and do some drugs at this concert. Like there was this one guy just screaming at the top of his lungs. Like this is during Evanescence opened up. Also, I mentioned that Evanescence opened up for Muse. You know, they sing Bring Me to Life. They they sing My Immortal. Um, so they had a couple of really popular songs from the early 2000s. But And they were pretty good. But there was this one guy just like going crazy. Like he was screaming at the top of his lungs. It's like he looked like he wanted to fight somebody. So, um, yeah, so some of these concerts, you'll get some aggressive people that don't they're not mindful of their surroundings. They're not dangerous. Like it's not like they're looking for a fight, but they're just not aware of what's going on. They're dancing and like you're giving them a lot of space to dance and stuff like that. But I won't, at some point you got to be like, okay, listen, you know, I want to be close to the stage too. I want to watch the concert. I want to just, because I'm dancing to myself. I, I'm taking up no more than my body width. You know what I mean? I'm just staying in a little lane my, by myself. But these people were dancing like they had a whole dance floor themselves. It was ridiculous, but I digress. Um, Joe, do you know the actor Lance Reddick? Oh, I I know the name. I can't place him. I can't place him. Okay, well he's he's he was famous because he was uh he's really well known for playing Cedric Daniels in The Wire, Broyles in Fringe, and Irving in Bosch. He just passed away. Uh, he's a great actor. Uh, he was born in 1962. Died, you know, on on St. Patrick's Day the other day. Wow. Um, he's very well known, Joe. I think if you saw him, you might know who he is. Possibly, if you, if you didn't Probably. watch any of those shows, you might not. But I, I didn't. But I if I see him, if I see I a picture, I'd be like, okay. Because, dude, one of the best shows that I've ever seen, that I highly recommend it to you, dude, is called The Wire. Um, I think you would really enjoy that show, man. Yeah, I, I think I started in on that with a couple of, and I look actually kind of liked it, but I just got away from it. But and then. The, the more time that elapsed, I was like, ah, maybe I won't ever go back. I don't know, but maybe I will. It's going to become obsolete at some point. I mean, because, it, you know, it takes place, what, in the late 90s or something? I don't uh, know. I'll the Wire? I'm not sure when The Wire takes place, but it came out in 2002. But okay. it's basically about modern day Baltimore around that time period when they like, there's a lot of drugs in the street. They didn't know what to do. So they, they do little things like they, they do criminalized drugs. 
it's all, you know, the police, the detectives, it's all, it's kind of like an ecosystem of like criminals and detectives. It's a really well-written show. But anyway, Lance Reddick was on that show. And a lot of people know him for that. So rest in peace, Lance Reddick. You're a phenomenal actor. Gone too soon. Yep. Yeah, so Lance Reddick. Um, Joe, I think you probably know who he is, right? Yes, I just I just Googled real quickly on my phone and I see the actor. I'm like, oh, I know that. I've known that actor for, for a couple of decades. One of the finest. One of the finest that we have. Absolutely. God yeah. rest his soul. Absolutely. Um, I don't quickly talk about because I had a long drive to Penn State, you know, 3.5 hours each way. And, and my friend, she recommended a podcast called Sweet Bobby. And I listened to it. Um, it was crazy. It's like about like con artists who catfish people and like ruin their life. And this was so unique, the story, because when you find out who the con artist was, who the catfisher was and what, why are they doing this to this girl? Why are they trying to ruin her life and confuse her and deceive her? Like these catfishes do, they're, they're super evil people. I think catfishes are just, I literally think they're just, just, just as evil as serial killers. It sounds crazy. I know, but serial killers go out and kill people. Catfishes methodically and slowly ruin people's lives. Yeah. They mess with their minds. They, they they get them emotionally attached. They pull their strings. They take their money. Now, in Sweet Bobby, she wasn't really taking the money. You find out what she was doing and why she was doing it, you're going to be more confused. But Sweet Bobby, um, excellent podcast. This, this radio host, just like us, me and, me and you, Joe, she's a radio host. And, and uh, she got deceived in catfish, and her life was turned upturned for over like 10 years. So I recommend that podcast. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think I think catfish people, especially do it to this the extent they do it to the people, I think they should be thrown thrown in jail for at least 20 years. Cause I mean it's just it's because they're so evil and they know what they're doing. Oh, the the constant deceit, the constant, you know, I mean, uh, uh, betrayal and, and yeah. the ma- manipulative deceit is sociopathic, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so uh Moving on to our actress of the week. Uh, Joe, you chose this wonderful lady. Uh, her name is Octavia Spencer. Uh, she was born May 25th, 1970 in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, she had seven siblings. Uh, she, had a, she got her BS from Auburn, Bachelor of Science. Her dad died when she was 13. Uh, she's also dyslexic. So that's, you know, when you find out someone's dyslexic and they made it to a level that they made it to, because that takes a lot of willpower to, to get past dyslexia, because yeah. they do things the opposite. If you don't know what dyslexia is, look it up. You read from the opposite end of the page, the opposite side. We read from left to right. They read from right to left. It's a very weird thing that people go through with their brain. And I'm always amazed at how they can overcome it and be very successful. So that's cool. Um, she made her debut in a 1996 film called The Time to Kill. She was hired to help with casting, but the director, Joel Schumacher, asked her to be in the movie. Um, then her career just kind of took off. Uh, she won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in 2011 for The Help, a movie that I haven't seen, which I want to see. Um, she's the first Black actress to receive two consecutive Oscar nominations. Um, she says her job as an actress is to find the truth in every situation. If she doesn't, she's not doing her job as an actor. She says she, she's not, you know, the audience is not getting the full product. If she's not finding the truth in every situation that the actor is in, um, she's not doing her job right. Um, she was in this one horror movie called Ma, about this crazy lady who like starts killing people and has a parties at her house and stuff. It's a little wild movie. Um, but she didn't prepare for Ma like it was a horror movie. She said genre didn't matter. She said that the whole character that she was creating mattered. So she thinks about stuff like that. You know, she thinks about the whole character just because it's a horror movie, just because it's a thriller, just because it's a dra- dramatic movie. Um, you, have to, you have to prepare, you have to have the whole character ready. Um, this is just a side note or something like that. She likes fake Christmas trees because the lengths are evenly distributed. So that's something, insight into how she's thinking, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, the movie Hidden Figures, another movie I haven't seen. She said she read a ton about Dorothy, who she played in Hidden, Fig- Hidden Figures. Um, but she doesn't want she doesn't want to be any part of any history for hidden figures. The people deserve the credit. So if you see that movie, there are these people like they didn't get a lot of accolades. Um, they're hidden figures essentially, and this movie kind of put them in the spotlight. So she says she doesn't want to be a part of history where there's there's any history with hidden figures. She wants everyone to get recognized for what they've done. So I thought that's pretty cool insight. Um, you know the movies that I've seen her in. Uh, I saw her in a Time to Kill that was 1996. 
the six man 97, never been kissed 99, being John Malkovich, which we talked about, that's from 99, Blue Streak, Big Mama's House, Bad Santa 2, and Bad Santa 1, Coach Carter, Drag Me to Hell, Halloween 2, Dinner for Schmucks, The Shape of Water, Ma, and Spirited. Spirited was the most recent one on Apple TV with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Uh, but Joe, this is your actor, so um, you're more in tune with what's going on with her. I'll let you talk a little bit about her. I just, I, I've, you know, with me, the boxes that I check when it comes to actors and actresses, I check versatility and uh, longevity as really what, you know, what, what I look for first. Uh, also, uh, it's Women's Month, so I wanted to to get a woman actor up here. And, uh, and I'm always up for, um, you know, um, shining the light on um, minorities and so forth and so on. Diverse, you know, diversity and so forth. So uh, she is like poster child for, you know, all those things. And I was watching, I can't remember what it was, watch something she was on again. And every time you turn around, there she is. But no one really, you know, um, I, I think she's a little unsung. She's not... You know, I, I'm not going to say she's going unnoticed or anything like that, but I think she's a little unsung. And I just figured, okay, that's who I'm going to that's who I'm going to list next time. And a lot of the ones that I like, I it was hard for me, other than the very number one, um, the, the very number one movie I have. I, I, you know, a lot of the, what you said is good. Five, I have the help for five. She was in that. Hidden Figures was for TV. Uh, Chicago, because I wanted to mention some TV. She did some Chicago Hope. Um, uh, Time to Kill was my number two. That was a good movie. And the number one was a movie called The Shack, which I thought was tremendous. Oh, somebody told me to watch that. Somebody said, this. is that kind of a movie about heaven or something like that? Sean, I, it, I, yes. I mean, <laughs> she, I'm telling you something. that I got to go back and watch it again. I, again, I've seen it twice, but I'm going to go back and watch it again. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And you know how I feel about all that stuff too. But um, they put her in a very interesting role. And then you really think about it. And th- you know, anything is possible. Anything's feasible. Um, and her role was like tremendous in, the, in, in this movie. I don't want to ruin it for you by telling you and telling yeah, you who yeah. she but uh, the shack. She revealed, was, is, she, is she actually God in the movie? Is she, did they reveal her as God? She might be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just messing around. Is that really possible? Okay. She, she, she might be. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, 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 who, who we did like we like we always say, who do we just to say what's possible, what's not possible? Um, yeah. But um, it, it's such a clever movie and really well done and. When you keep an open mind, it's, who the hell says that can't be something like that, you know? And so, so go see The Shack. That's my number one movie that she was ever in. But just, uh, you know, I just figured that it would be an appropriate time to to bring her up front. And uh, she'd been on my mind for a while. And then I saw that uh, last week. I saw her in something again. I figured that's it. So that's what it is. All right. So uh, Octavia Spencer, Joe, can you just repeat your top five really quick? Uh, let me see here. I crumbled up my little sheet here. <laughs> okay. okay, that's not you, that important. It, You're crumbling well, up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it from my from my memory. Um, okay. I I went. Uh, let's let's say. Oh, geez, I I can't. Man, hold on a second. You got just, the just, shack. You, you get number one was the it. shack. Let me. You give me. Um, hold on, dude. It's not it's a okay. Big deal. I got it. I got it. It's not a big deal, but. Doggone it, I want to do this right. All right, five is The Help. Four is Hidden Figures. Three is TV is Chicago Hope. I like Dirty Sky. And two is uh, Time to Kill. And one is The Shack. Okay, okay. I just wanted to clarify that. That's fine. Um, and okay. we didn't, I didn't yeah, take she's it. a great actress. I've seen her, you know, I've seen her. I know who she is. And I just haven't seen, like, the, the big ones that she's in. Like, she's in The Help and Hidden Figures. I have to see, Those are two movies I have to see because they're important, like, uh, movies for our culture and you I'm know, surprised the, you, know, you haven't seen, yeah, the help especially. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen that. And hidden figures yeah. is, yeah, both the same way for our culture and for, for diversity and so forth. They're they're big. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Shout out Octavia Spencer. Uh, you're a great actress. Okay, yep. so Snapple fact number nine nine seven. Joe, you chose this one. Uh, Gen two. I hope I'm saying that right. Gen two. G e n t o o. It could be Gen two, but I'm guessing it's Gen two. Let's go with Gen two. Gen 2 penguins proposed to their life mates with a pebble. Um, so this is an interesting one. 
Uh, they propose to the life mates of the pebble. Uh, they live on rocky shores, and they they uh, they like the small. They use the small stones to build their nest during mating season. And during a courtship, the male penguin will find the smoothest pebble to give to a female as a gift. Um, so I looked this up on Snopes. So basically, um, male penguins of many species gift their mates with rocks. But in this situation, the female penguins don't rely on the double the, the presentation of the pebble um, as a key as a key aspect. They don't care about um, the pebble as much as they do as its ability to add to the nest. But you know, I'm just looking into it. This happens though. They give their mates a uh, smooth pebble, wherever the heck goes on, and it's their, you know, the way they propose to the life mate. So I thought that's pretty cool, Joe. I think it's cool doing a number of fronts. If you think about it, don't we do the same thing? Or go out to the store and buy a rock and just say, you know, sweetie, yeah. will you marry me? But um, all kidding aside, uh, I think those the, those creatures are really really fascinating, and they they mate for life. And I saw a show. They were talking penguins and so forth. I saw a show on public TV. I, it, could, it could have been a year ago or more, but I was just sitting there like in awe of, of just, you know, animal behavior that um, he'll choose a mate. They'll do what they got to do. And then he'll leave for, for an extended, it could be several months. It could even be a year. And sure as hell, here he comes back waddling around. He'll, it could be miles away, miles and miles away. You know, and then here he comes around that time of year, come waddling right on back and, and she, she's waiting for him and, and they take care of business and, and okay, they still stay for a while. I think he stays for uh, as long enough time as she has to make sure the little ones are safe or what I, I can't remember exactly, but it's just, I was sitting there and animal behavior is just so now here, here's, here's an animal that, that takes a little pebble and goes over and lays it down or whatever, however it goes. There's a little ritual there. And all that stuff, Sean, is innate. It's it's already pre-programmed into their brains. How in the world could you look at animal behavior like that? So specific and so innate and, and a program that's already pre it's pre-programmed in their in their in their brains. How in the world can anyone look at that and say, ah, there's no God? Somebody had to engineer all that. It's it's crazy when you think about it. It's just it's just really awesome. When I saw that, yeah. I was like, "Wow, that is cool!" On many fronts. So yeah, I'm just reading that. If the female is receptive to the pebble, she will place it in her nest, and the, pa the the pair will engage in ritual where they bow, shake, and call out to each other. It allows the couple to get accustomed <laughs> to each other's vocalization, so they can easily find each other in the wilderness. So that's pretty interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I say he, he could leave for a while, and like I said, miles upon several miles. Yeah. Way, way for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden, work his way back, and she'll have an idea when he's coming back. It's all pre-programmed, right? And then I guess the sounds are part of that that, that make it easier um, for them to to recognize each other from a distance. Like I'm, I'm back in the neighborhood. Where are you? That kind of thing. But it's, it's just really, it's really cool. It's really cool. Absolutely. All right. So you ready to stop me? I'll try, man. It's very difficult, man. You're tough. Let me see. You've gotten better <laughs> as we've gone, or I've gotten worse at trying to sell the stuff. I don't know. All right. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. And begin. No. <laughs> Number one, skeleton of suspected vampire found in Poland. Skeleton of suspected vampire found in Poland. That's one. You ready for two? Yep. Former Vietnamese soldier found still hiding in jungle. I say former Vietnamese soldier found still hiding in jungle. Number three, eight-year-old Detroit boy bench presses 350 pounds. Eight-year-old Detroit boy bench presses 350 pounds. Okay. Uh, pretty good ones. You got me stumped here. Let me think. <laughs> um, I could... Because I think the eight-year-old one is plot. I've seen some crazy like kids that are like huge for their age and just jacked, like working, you know, stronger <laughs> than adults. This, it happens, right? Um, the vampire one. So the, the what's the vampire one? What's the, what's the it's like the, the skeletal remains of a vampire. Oh, I'm just I'm I'm telling you the headline. We're just doing headlines here, right? So what was the headline again? Skeleton of suspected vampire found in Poland. Okay, that's 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 the hold on wait. Hold on, hold on. One true. 
too fake. One true, too fake. Yeah, on the real. Uh, this is on the real. Oh man. Um, and the others. I think the real one is um, the kid bench pressing. Man, you are absolutely wrong, sir. Um, the real one is skeleton of suspected vampire found in Poland. Archaeologists, archaeologists in Poland discovered the skeleton of a woman uh, suspected of being a vampire in the 1600s. Okay. She was suspected of being a vampire in the 1600s. How the hell did they know that? I'll tell you why. A padlock was found on her foot which at the time was believed to prevent any vampire from returning to life after the, after being dead. She also had a sickle across her neck. Those two items absolutely positively give them full confidence that she was um, thought to be a vampire from the 1600s. And they didn't come out and say it, but I mean, the lock on, on the foot was, they believed that that would preclude her from coming back from the dead because they thought she was a vampire the sickle across the neck i they didn't say anything but my guess is if they thought she was a vampire she didn't die of natural causes um so you know but the sickle and there's a picture of it you can look it up and dial it up um yeah it's 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 neat it's neat but uh that was the real one that was the real one yeah that one was because i'm just thinking like um i don't know it's a Polish vampire, right? A sickle. I'm reading it. It's some business. It came from Business Insider. It, yeah, this is around 2022. It was in the news. CBS News. September 22. Yeah. Last September. Interesting. Padlock yeah. found. Okay, cool. It gets me thinking a little bit. That's what we want. We want our people to think and we want to use our brains and go out and, you know, if something yep. spurs our interest, we look it up, we find more about it. So that's what we do here. That's it. Um, cool. Uh, you stumped me, Joe. Good job, sir. All right. Uh, as far as Koberger, not a lot of updates on Koberger. So, you know, F that guy. We're not talking about him today. Right. Uh, what we are talking about is uh, an article in the New York Times entitled, New Data Links Pandemics Origins to Raccoon Dogs at Wuhan Market. Basically, genetic samples from the market were recently uploaded to an international database and then removed after scientists asked China about them. So what happened here, right? What happened was um, international team of virus experts, they found genetic data from the market in Wuhan, China, that links the coronavirus with raccoon dogs that were for sale there uh, to the origin of COVID. What's a raccoon um, dog? What happened was at the, at, the, at the seafood wholesale market in Wuhan, um, January 2020, they removed, Chinese authorities shut down the market because there, you know, there are suspicions that the, there was a link to the outbreak of the new virus. So they shut down the market. They cleared out the animals, but the researchers swabbed the walls, the floors, the metal cages, the carts that are often used for transporting the animal cages, and uh, they figured some stuff out. Um, the samples that came back positive for coronavirus, uh, they found a match uh, for the raccoon dog. Um, they jumbled the, the genetic material together. Um, and just because um, the virus and the animal have a connection doesn't uh, prove that the, the, vi- the raccoon dog wasn't infected itself. Uh, if it had been infected, it would not be clear that it had how it spread the virus to people. Um, another animal could have passed the virus to the people or someone infected with the virus could have spread the virus to the raccoon dog. However, these scientists and researchers believe that the raccoon dog might have been the origin. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think here. What I do know is China tried to cover it up because they, they, they went to the computers um, and China had removed uh, the sample that they got from the raccoon dog. They did something where they like, there was, there was uh, a bunch of samples indicating this. Um, and then China like removed that, the sequence is called the GISAID, G-I-S-A-I-D. Um, they, the sequence has disappeared from the system. So obviously you can just put two and two together that someone from China probably got nervous and removed those samples or something. I don't know what's going on here, but Joe, do you think that raccoon dogs might be the origin? 
I, I I'm trying to sit here and I'm I'm trying to, to ascertain what what a raccoon dog is. Okay. Uh, I mean, what is, <laughs> are we talking about? Some kind of hybrid, or am I missing something? I, uh, I believe I believe they're they're like they're kind of related to foxes. Let me look. Oh, here. okay. Okay, because I certainly know what a raccoon is. I certainly know what a dog is. I don't know if they're never related known. to foxes. They're known to be able to transmit the coronavirus. I don't know. They're 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 fluffy animals that are related to foxes. Apparently. Okay, so there's something that's on the Asian continent that 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 that's that's more of a fox type of animal that runs free that looks probably like it probably looks like a raccoon and a dog it does probably name so because it looks like them not because it's any kind of a high okay i just wanted to catch up with that so some kind of a fox some kind of a fox animal they they can trace this thing back to that fox animal um uh, well one thing that that is a, a sigh of relief is that there's evidence that's pointing away from the theory that this thing was engineered in the lab and then it just kind of got loose. I think this, I think this kind of is evidence to the contrary, but I'm not sure. I mean, if it, if I guess it could still have happened that way and gotten loose and, and infected a raccoon dog. I don't know. I, I think, I think with this one, Sean, before I even say anything, I'm going to have to wait to hear a lot more about it. Uh, I don't necessarily say so I blame. What do you think about like the like how China deleted like the the sequences from their database and stuff? Um, they offered they offered to collaborate with the Chinese researchers, and then that the sequence disappeared from the system. Like, what do you think about that shenanigans that goes on? We're trying to find out the origin of this virus so it doesn't happen again, and you have China playing games, deleting stuff, deleting important data off their database that really could help us. It's like, come on. We know yeah. it was probably China. At this point, China, is, they're trying to create a red herring, trying to point the finger somewhere else. But all the data kind of leads us back to the Wuhan food, wet market here. So China, I don't know, they just have to cooperate. They shouldn't be deleting stuff off the database, doing using misinformation. We pretty much know that this virus started in China, right? We know this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to, because uh, there, there there have been theories that, you know, it started in China and started in the lab because they were working on this thing in the lab to try and create something they could use. That hasn't been proven either. Like the lab, the lab theory still hasn't been like completely proven, you know. Proven wrong either. Yeah. It hasn't been debunked all either. These theories, but, you know, I just don't like the idea that like China is deleting stuff from the database. Like they're manipulating the data that could help us. Figure yeah. this out. I don't yeah. like the games that they're playing. I don't either, and I, I'm not crazy about. Um, I'm not crazy about a lot of what they're doing. They, they're not a very, uh, very nice country when it comes to human rights, you know. Um, and you know that. I mean, uh, so I'm not crazy about them, nor am I crazy about the way they're snuggling up to that um, the psychotic murderer over there in in Russia. Um, I'm not crazy about the way they're snuggling up to him. I mean, they might as well snuggle up to, uh, you know, I don't know, a son of Sam or any other mass murderer, um, serial killer. Um, so I'm not crazy about them. Uh, as far as their government, the Chinese people are fine. Let's, let's, let me differentiate. Chinese people are just like, I mean, just regular people, nice people, good people. But the government over there, I'm not crazy about. Now, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they were trying to hide, but they were sure as hell trying to hide something. And, and, uh, I I hope their motive was more to save themselves some embarrassment as opposed to cover up something really, really nasty and and and, and sinister. I, I hope so. I'm not sure. But I have just as many concerns as you do. Yeah, I don't I don't like them covering up. Covering stuff up is not good, you know? Especially yeah. with something like this. So yeah, they said the stall that held the raccoon dogs was on top of a separate cage holding birds. Um, it's exactly the sort of environment conducive to transmission of new viruses. So, you know, it's like, you know, these countries are allowed to like have their sovereignty and like do what they want and create their own rules. Right. Mm -hmm. But the idea of them having these wet markets with all these animals that no one in civilized society would absolutely ever want to eat. They're still consuming these, these, they have to think twice about it. There needs to be a culture change. There has to be like, listen, China, we know you like your dogs. We know you like your cats. We know you like your raccoon dogs. We know you like your bats. Please stop eating that stuff. We don't want another virus to break out and ruin society and be the end of the world. 
can we just get that message to them and just tell them like, let's just like, you know, let's work together here. We're not going to, we don't want to hurt you. We don't want to attack you. We don't want to, you know, cause they didn't do it. And like, we don't know if they did it intentionally. Like this is another theory that pops up. It's like, okay, did they do it intentionally? Hopefully they didn't, but you know, we have to like be able to like have some sense of like control in these countries from creating a, a huge worldwide plague. Like you can't control every country, but you have to have, there has to be like a worldwide, like international government um, talking about these things, right? There has to be like, okay, we have this yeah. wet market and this can lead to this, these diseases popping up and, you know, um, living in like Petri dishes and like just kind of getting out of the Petri dish and going to the whole world and like killing people. Like there's gotta be like ways that we can like prevent these mass plagues, right? We live in, we have, we have the technology to do it and we have the, the diplomacy to do it. It's just a matter of working together, I guess, right? I hope so, Sean. I heard someone talking a while back that, you know, this 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 COVID thing that we just went through, that get used to it because every every now and then now we're living in a different on a different globe now. And that every now and then now these things are gonna start coming up because of um uh, look, if you don't believe in global warming, then you can laugh this off. I believe that it's real because there's scientific evidence to, to show you that global warming is real and if you if you at least go that far as to accept that data when global warming being real a lot of these things that were inert are starting to wake up and we might have some serious problems way more than we even dreamed of so yeah. i don't know and that you know uh we have the usda for a reason uh, you know, sometimes, look, everyone wants wild, wild west, you know, no taxes and no regulation, man, throw everything out the window. Well, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Just the hell with everything. Everybody's free. No regulations, no rules. You got it. We have the USDA because now when when little Bobby and, you know, from in Albuquerque and Pete from Perth Amboy, when they take a bite of that hamburger, they know that meat has been inspected by a government agency. Oh, government, 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 yeah, government that saved your freaking life, government. Uh, but uh, what, I'm sorry, what? what do you think goes through Ed Harris's mind? Do you think he cares about the FDA? He has to, right? Ed Harris is more of a proponent for government regulation than you will ever know, my friend. Um, <laughs> he really is. At least that's what I've heard. I haven't, haven't met him yet. Spoke to his cousin um, uh, through a friend, and um, he's a he's a government regulations guy. But all kidding aside, uh, yeah, it, it's really. I mean, you. I, I, listen, I I wouldn't. I I don't know if I'd eat anything. Coming, these folks are living way out in the country, way out in the country, and they'll grab something and go kill it themselves skin it right then and there half the time it's it's still half alive and they'll just they'll, they'll kill the animal and then start butchering it up and and sell it right then and there like from sidewalk like walking down the sidewalk to lay it in on a tray in front of you and you just grab it and um listen um back back in our country before refrigeration and all that kind of stuff i mean meat was i mean it had to, meat had to be almost walking away on its own before people would throw it away people would get sick because they would eat eat meat would it, it was it was half green and had this and that and if it smelled too badly they put spices on it and then just eat it anyway i mean we've come a long way but um those folks are still they're still um you know they're still back in in the day and uh if we had some regulation if they had some regulation and some rules and guidelines to follow Perhaps this whole thing could have been avoided, but I, I, I just, I don't know if, if that's how it was with the food. But uh, the other thing I told you about the global warming and some inert things just starting to wake up, uh, that's, that someone said that, someone, one, a scientist said that. I was watching a show not too long ago, so he, he didn't say it was guaranteed, but he said, you know, don't be surprised if. So then make COVID, in other words, we could have a COVID every couple of years. So I, I don't know. I hope yeah. not, but. Scary stuff. Yep. All right, so that's the current event. Uh, let's move on to sports. Um, obviously, the the big thing that happened, um, NCAA tournament 2023, March Madness, um, and there has been some madness. Um, there has been some madness. Fairly Dickinson, they upset number one seed. Um, so that was very impressive. Um, that doesn't happen a lot. The last time it happened, it hadn't happened ever until it happened around 2019 or 2018 where Virginia lost. Um, but the fact that it happened 
um, again, it just says to me that a lot of these smaller programs, um, they're really starting to get confidence. They're really starting to get confidence, and they're able to go into a tournament, David versus Goliath, and they're they're able to play that David role pretty well. Um, yeah. I mean, Purdue was a was a number one seeded, uh, you know, a, a matchup nightmare for a lot of people because their center Zach Eady's like seven foot six or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fairleigh Dickinson beat them. Um, I wanted them to win last night. That would have been nice if they got to the Sweet Sixteen. The story continued, but they didn't, unfortunately. But that was a hell of a story. You know, they held him to one shot in the last 14 minutes of that game. One shot in the last 14 minutes of the game. That's that's called D'ing it up, brother. But I digress. Go ahead. Um, So that was a huge upset. And then there was a couple other ones. Uh, Let me think. Uh, The other upsets that happened. Uh, So FDU beat Purdue. Um, Calipari's group lost. Well, yeah, they lost Kentucky's. They're not really a favorite, though. I mean, they lost to a higher seed. Kentucky was like the six yeah, that's seed right. this year. Yeah. Um, Kansas State was like three seed. Um, I'm kind of mad because I, I was I was cheering for my friend's team, Arizona State. They're beating TCU for a while, and then they friggin' blew the game um, and lost. So that was disappointing. Um, oh, then another one that happened was Virginia lost to Furman. Furman's out of Furman's out, like they had these big wins, but then this year they're not continuing the momentum. These these uh Cinderella's like Furman, I thought could Furman or Fairleigh Dickinson can get to the sweet 16, but they they lost. They had these big wins and they lost. So Furman beat Virginia by one point. That was kind of Virginia's fault. They could have iced the game, but they threw the ball away and then Furman at three. Mm-hmm. Um Princeton, so, so, yeah, I mean, but Princeton, man. Yeah, the ball. Yeah, they can't forget about that. I mean, Princeton number fifteen, so they beat they beat Arizona, and then they they won their next game too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Princeton, so Princeton, I guess, is this year's Cinderella because they beat they beat the number seven seed Missouri the next game. Um, so yeah, I mean, Princeton is the Cinderella this year. They're the fifteen seed. Um, we'll see how far they can go, but Villanova is not in the dance this year, so it's kind of frustrating not being able to cheer for them. The women's team is, and the women's team was playing tonight. Um, the second round of the tournament. Um, I don't know if they won or what's going on with that. Let me check. Oh, they they did. They beat Florida Gulf Coast tonight, 76-57. So Villanova and women's team made it to the 316. So shout How out many to points them. did that Seagrist have? Oh, she always has a ton, man. You want me to check? Yeah, why not? We're talk, talking about it. I'm impressed with her and also that the Clark out in Iowa, the Cl- yeah, uh, Caitlin yeah, yeah. Clark. These so girls Maddie can play has, ball, man. Yeah, Maddie has 31 points tonight on 13 and 24 shooting. So she's still not – she's going to be a top – the big thing with her is, is Maddie Seeger is going to go to the, the WNBA. Because she can leave if she wants. But yeah. she might be a different type of girl if she wants to stay in college and enjoy it with her teammates and her coach. You never know. So Yeah. Um. So did you watch any of the tournament at all? Like, you're, not, you're not like a huge college basketball fan. Like, are you going to like check it out when it's like the, the elite eight, the final four? Like, when do you really get in tune? Yeah, I watched a little bit here and there. I watched um, Michigan State beat, um, you know, Izzo's H to the Izzo, E to the Izzo, uh, Izzo, Izzo and the, and the Michigan State Spartans beat somebody the other day. Um I forget who it was, but um, I watched. It was a good game. It was like back and forth. I watched the last like seven minutes of that game, and I watched oh, I, 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 game on Sunday versus Marquette. Marquette, yeah, um, yeah. Oh my that, god, that was frustrating, man. I, ha- I had a bet on Marquette. I had a parlay. I had Marquette winning. I had Creighton winning. I had UConn winning. Creighton and UConn won, but Marquette lost. And, but it was an upset because because people people don't you know. Okay, so Michigan State was like a seven seed, right? But like Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame level coach. He's a big time guy. He's got a, he's got a couple of national titles that he. Won. I like him. I like him. Yeah. Um, well, I think he, did he win one or two? I, I think he won one, but he's been to a bunch of Final Fours. But anyway, yeah. you can't count out the coaching, right? So he out coached uh, Shaka Smart, the coach of Marquette, and uh, his team won. So I mean, uh, shout out to uh, Tom Izzo. But you know, I would like to see another Big East team, Marquette. You know, advanced, but I'm glad, Joe, that you checked out a little bit of the game. I'm glad that you got into it a little bit because it Absolutely. really is exciting. Yeah, and and the closer we get now, we're 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 down we're down to six uh, sixteen now, right? We're down to sixteen. Um, 
I'm going to watch the tighter it gets, the more I'll watch, obviously, the more I'll become interested before I even I'll pick a team somewhere. I pick a team. I'm almost half thinking about picking Michigan State. You know me. I've spent time in Michigan. I, li- I love Lake Michigan. I love the Great Lakes. Um, uh, they're green, which also to me is OK. Being an Eagles fan, Ike Reese is one of our uh, Hall of Fame linebackers here for the Eagles. And he went to Michigan State and also, more importantly, most importantly, what happened a couple of months ago on campus, it's got my heart, you know, for Michigan state. Yeah. So I, I might, I might, since there's nobody local here uh, would be, would be either Princeton or, or, or Michigan state right now that I'm rooting for, but this, Are the you nice- watching do you have on the Sixers game right now? Versus yeah. the Bulls? Yes. Um, okay. It's 99 99. I'm invested. Cause I have, I need Zach Levine to hit three, three pointers. He has two, three pointers. Is anybody at the free throw line right now, or is, is this the there's four seconds left, right? How much time is left? I'm looking at a commercial, okay. and the last I looked at it, it was um, 99 yeah, hard. But like, does was... anybody is there anybody shooting free throws, or just someone has the ball? Do you know? I don't like, know I don't because Philly, Philadelphia fouled somebody, so I'm hoping the Bulls don't have free throws. I need, I need basically what I'm saying is I need another overtime because I need Zach Levine to hit one more three pointer. So yeah. I need the W. So let, when, when it comes on, I'll, I'll break. But right now I'm looking yeah, at yeah. Citizens um, Bank commercial here. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah what, so go ahead. What do you think about the Eagles, right? Did they, did they not retain Darius Slay? They got him. They retained him. They did? They re- okay. They did. They did not retain Chauncey Gardner. Um, he was a, he is a safety, and he's a real good safety. He played a slot for you and this and that. They just didn't retain him. They made him an offer. It wasn't good enough. So he went to the Lions. But um, what do you think about this Aaron Rodgers to the Jets thing? I, you know, something about Aaron Rodgers at this point. Okay. So it's, um, they're bringing the, they're bringing the ball in. They've got four seconds. They got three. I'm going to give you a play by play. I already know. I just rebounds. Thought, I, we're going yeah, to overtime. So going to second overtime, right? I, second I had to overtime. do it. It's, we're talking sports and I'm right there when you talk. Yeah, okay. Well, so um, I digress. What was your question? Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. What's your thoughts? Okay. What's Joe Thurman's thoughts. My thoughts are about this are um, Aaron Rodgers irritates the living shit out of me in the last couple of years. Uh, it's because he seems to want to hear his name on Sports Center more than anything. He seems to really love the attention. And this is something that that, that, that really it, it just he's just one of these cats. And it's it's almost like I don't know if I want to play anymore. I don't know. Think about it. And well, if you do this for me and if you do that for me, um, I think he's going to make the Jets a better football team. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Okay. I think he's going to make the Jets a better football. You think he's going to have more of an impact than Brett Favre did, right? The thing is, if Brett Favre did not get hurt that year, he was, if he did not get an injury, they were on their way to mess around and get to the Super Bowl. They really were. If you go back and look, it was the injury he took that threw him out. But that year, they were, they were on their way. But, but anyway, I just don't like the attitude of a guy that's, you know, I might want to play. I might not want to play. I'm not sure. You give me that. It just seems too blasé. Yeah, he's, he's making them sign all his receivers. Like, I'm pretty sure they signed Lazard. Um, they gave him more $40 million for Lazard. That's great. But who, who the hell is Lazard? Is he James Lofton all of a sudden? I, I don't, you know. I know it's, it's, that's okay. And, and yeah, they, they have a good, real good defense. Now, I still got to see, you know, you need a running game. You need a running game. Unless you're the Tom Brady and the Patriots who, who made it happen without a real running game. You know, I don't know, but I don't see a team like that anymore in this league for a while. The team like the Patriots had that run. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that he's going in a nutshell. Let me just answer your question. I think he's going to improve that football team. How could he not? You go, who's the other the kid that the kid that the little kid that looks like he has a paper route. He's the quarterback for the damn team. I can't remember his name right now, but, um, they had no one playing quarterback, right? Uh, he's going to make that football team Wait, better. Who, who are you talking about? You said what, what team? The quarterback for the, the, the guy, the kid that's sitting now, he was, he was, a, it made a big, the Jets, they made a big deal out oh, of him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson, dude. Zach Wilson. They made a big yeah. deal out of him at the Combine because he, when nobody on him, with against air, 
He rolled to his left and he threw the ball 50 yards down the field. Oh, big deal. What the hell is that? That's not, but he, he rolled to his left and then he had to reshift his hips. Oh my God. He's the next coming of Joe Montana. Get the hell out of here. Anyway, I never so bought it. Think, anyway. um, what do you think about Miles Sanders going to the Panthers? Um, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is a, is a good running back. I think he's not a great he's running back. What? He's only 25. He's, he, he's, he's got some skills. Now he gets banged up a lot. He really gets banged up a lot. But what I like what the Eagles did not to talk about Eagles all the time, but they just got that, the boy from, um, from the Seahawks, Penny, Penny, oh, yeah. that's my type of dude. But he's got, dude, he's got, he's got a ton of injury history. Though. He's got, he's injured all the time. He, he does. They've got Gainwell. Uh, they've got Gainwell, and they've got uh, they've got somebody else. And they're not. They're, Howie's maybe not even done yet. I heard some people talking about how we might mess around and get this kid from Texas, this running back from Texas. I don't. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to stay up or stay up. You know, true to our DNA and get an offensive lineman want, or D lineman. Would you want Zeke Elliott on the Eagles? No. Absolutely, positively not. Um, I would want him seven years ago. I would want him. And my brother was even talking about it in the draft night. He's like, dude, they ought to take him. They ought to take him. It's like plug and play with this kid from Ohio State. Just put him up. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if you ever use a first round draft on a on a running back because really, Miles Sanders had a lot of yards. But if you look at his his runs last year, most of it was because the holes were open because He's playing behind one of the best lines, if not the best line in, in football. So, and it will continue to be. That's why I think Howie's going to go true to our DNA and probably get um, uh, offensive lineman or defensive lineman. But this this Penny guy, if he can stay healthy, knock on wood here. That's my type of dude. And I, I'm telling you, the last time they won a Super Bowl is because they had LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt, when 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 all your running game was here or there, they could hand it to him, and he wouldn't necessarily break it open, but he could take that yard and a half gain and make it a four yard gain, just from just from squaring the shoulders up and pushing forward. That adds up, and it adds up, and it adds up. So I, I've always missed that kind of a running back. I'm not saying it's your sole source of running the ball, but you got to have that. You got to have that hammer on your roster. And this kid's more of a hammer that I could see this penny. And he's cool with absolutely cool with. He said, I'll do whatever they need me to do. You know, I'll, I've I'll always, run. I, I, I like Rashad Penny since college. I thought this guy was going to be a nightmare in the NFL. Unfortunately, he's just had injury. So if he's healthy with the Eagles, we'll see what happens. And yeah. I don't think it's a big change for Miles Sanders. I don't think it's a downgrade. I don't think it's an upgrade. I think it's pretty much the same type of thing. Is I, I was never that impressed with Miles Sanders. I, I think the Eagles were utilizing him properly, but uh, like you know, they would have games where he do really well, and then he disappear. Like you have every like five games, he have he have an okay game. But yeah. I digress. Um, so yeah, uh, anyone who's listening, uh, please subscribe and uh, do some reviews if you want. You know, we're always looking for the numbers to get up. You know, higher subscriptions, higher reviews, better for the show. Um, and social media links are in the description. Joe, do you have anything else to say today? You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometime, you just might find you get what you need. Good night. Take care.